0: Hello everybody and welcome to Works Well, a podcast by me, Melissa Sherry, certified health coach and workplace wellness specialist. This podcast is for leaders who want to support their teams in the pursuit of high quality work, decreased burnout, and meaningful collaboration. If you want to empower your team to bring their best selves to work, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Before we jump in, I have a favor to ask you. If you have listened to episodes before, or if this is your first time and you finish this episode and you're really enjoying it and you support my mission of creating happier and healthier work environments, please head to wherever you found this podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple podcasts and hit the follow button. The next most helpful thing is to share this with a friend. If you know a manager, a leader, a wellness champion, someone who's interested in wellness in general, please share this podcast with them. It makes a huge difference to me and I appreciate it so much. Okay, now let's dig in. We have talked in the very recent past on here about the role of managers in workplace wellness. And today I want to take a step back and really address executive leadership. So I'm talking to CEOs, board members, CFOs, the people who are running the company at the top and really directing where the company is going with the strategy. So When I think about middle management, I really think about the boots on the ground, the people who are doing the work to deliver on the strategic initiatives coming from the top. And when I think of executive leadership, I'm thinking of those of you who are really working on the strategy, so the high-level initiatives. And what I really want to focus on now is the big picture. So it's really applicable to that year-over-year strategy that we're working on at the top. Historically, we have not seen wellness as a top priority for executives. Priorities usually include profits, production, productivity, the things that keep the business afloat and successful, all completely necessary and points that we can't drop. There's no way we can replace any of those things. And it's only been over the last 30-ish years that wellness has even entered the conversation. And it's usually in the capacity of like, Exercise, physical wellness, and smoking. Like tobacco cessation programs are essentially what launched workplace wellness, and they did a great job, right? Um, but today, we see wellness creeping into all facets, facets of business, but it looks different at each level. And there's no standard that we're seeing across businesses for how they implement wellness, what it looks like, where it sits on the level of priority with executives. And today we're talking about what it looks like in a really positive way at the top. And I want to have a real moment with executive leadership for a second. If you're listening to this and you run a company or any department at a company, wellness starts with you. I'm going to say it over and over again and never stop because wellness starts with you. And I feel so strongly that you cannot operate from a place of not walking your talk when it comes to this stuff and expect to have results. So if you are someone who's at this pivotal moment of choosing how to move forward with wellness, it really starts with choosing how you personally, as You function within the company and outside of the company want to prioritize wellness because what I can tell you doesn't work is when you preach people to do things and engage in work events and to – take advantage of benefits, but you yourself actually have no clue how to do any of those things. And you have the built-in capacity to do any of those things. If you're not willing to put in that kind of work, I would say that's the foundation before we even get to any workplace well-being. And I feel really passionate about that. So it starts with you really understanding your own personal definition of wellness and how it shows up in your life. If you are feeling burnt out the chances are that the rest of your team and employees are as well. Thinking of yourself as an employee is a great place to start. I talk to leaders all of the time who don't engage in any of the programs that their company puts on and then wonder why or talk about how nobody engages, but then actually has no idea themselves how to engage. I have one example where I have a company who runs an extremely generous and robust rewards program tied to different wellness activities. One of the VPs walked into a room full of employees and admitted that he had never even logged into the system. It's such a loss and it sets everybody else up for failure when we see instances like that. So really having the employee perspective in mind when you're making decisions that affects them. So if you are going to decide to implement a rewards program and you're part of the decision-making team, interact with the program. See if it works for you. If it's difficult for you, it's going to be difficult for everybody else. And I really mean this with so much love. And I say it because I see such a huge opportunity for leaders to have a realistic perspective on employee life. It's completely impossible when you're making a vastly different salary and having different employee experiences to make effective decisions that affect your employees' lives. So I know that might come off a little bristly at the beginning of this, but it's really just because what I see in my work so often is that before we even dig into the fun stuff and the meat and how we make these changes, it really starts on that personal level of leadership. and taking the role of role modeling really seriously. So I want to share just another example. So I have a friend who worked for a company that was extremely tumultuous. This was a company that had less than 40 employees and 8 months into this person's employment, the owner of the company decided to integrate a new scheduling system. And you might be saying this isn't wellness related, but this draws the picture that I'm trying to share with you so well. So All of the employees were extremely confused because they didn't see a problem with the old tech and the new technology was extremely difficult to use and timed out on staff all the time. So this is an example of the owner made a huge decision that affects every single employee who works for them, and they didn't even take the employee experience into consideration when they were making that choice. This person didn't ask for employee input, didn't include them in the buying process, didn't ask for review of the current technology, just made the decision and ran with it. And again, I see this all the time in all kinds of capacities. And the outcome of this is that employees hold resentment, they feel left out in the process, and they don't understand where the leader's decisions are coming from. So as we draw this picture, you might be saying, well, that's an operational problem. And that doesn't have to do with all employees when we're talking about bottom line or process. But at the end of the day, if you are making decisions that affect how the employees feel and creating environments where people feel left out, resentful, upset, and angry at leadership, you are not building a thriving work environment. So really taking This role seriously as a leader and bringing in people and creating open spaces for conversation and collaboration is what I would consider one of the top priorities for leadership. And I share this with you, leaders who are listening, because I want you to see that there's so much opportunity to improve your organization right this moment, The health and wellness of your organization starts with how they feel about their work and their comfort in being authentic in that space. And your ability to do that yourself and your ability to create those spaces is what sets the opportunity for that up at a foundational level. We need to start thinking of wellness as a full integration. Workplace wellness's whole thing is about building spaces for employees to thrive. That's my whole thing. And the outcome of that is higher productivity, higher profits, less money spent on health insurance claims. That's just like the tip of the iceberg that we can see. There's so much other that happens below the surface that will pay back tenfold. So wellness needs to be integrated into your strategic vision and initiatives of an organization after you've accepted how wellness plays a role in your life and what that looks like. And this takes a lot of reflection and evaluation. So it's not something that just will happen overnight for you. It's really about being thoughtful about your experience, how your behavior affects other people, and moving forward in a way that's really inclusive and collaborative. I really want to support you with where to start. So the number one thing is how does your vision and mission and core values align with the health and well being of your employees? If it doesn't, where can you integrate it? So I was looking at different companies and I found this great example through Salesforce. So one of the top places to work in America is Salesforce. So I want to talk through their core values and dig into how it applies to workplace wellness. And as I go through this, I want you to think about what exists today at your organization and what you wish to implement to align better with your overall goal of what does wellness look like? What does wellness at your organization look like? And ultimately, what are you trying to accomplish? So Salesforce's core values are trust, customer success, innovation, equity, and sustainability. So starting with trust, their core discusses building trust with employees by being transparent. That's exactly what I was just sharing in that kind of horrible example. Being able to be transparent with your employees, your customers, whoever you're working with And open up that door to say, hey, this is why we're making decisions. This is why we're operating this way. This is what this shift looks like. Here's the timeline. Is really at the core of being able to build these strong relationships. And again, the strong relationships and the trust are what allows people to come and be authentic at work and feel safe and build those relationships that allow them to thrive. Number two, customer success. Achieving extraordinary things through new avenues to greater success. Employees are open to making decisions that support the customer, and there's an effort to align employees with the mission of the organization to create success for customers. This is gold because we've talked on this podcast, and if you haven't listened to the episode, it's one of my favorites, about aligning your employees with the mission and how important mission-driven work is in our work environments. And that's the whole thing because at the end of the day, we want to please customers. We want to increase profits, but our employees can't do that if they don't understand what they're driving towards and if they don't feel connected to that mission and vision. So of course, customer success is the end result, but the inputs of that are investing in your employees and making sure that there's connection, and opportunities for passion in these employees' work environments. Innovation, and this is stated as continuous development of technology and resources for customer success. This means (laughs) providing employees with all the tools to support their work. I know this is difficult for startups or nonprofits, but at the end of the day, If your employees don't have what they need to succeed, then they're not going to succeed. And of course, there are opportunities for employees to be innovative. And of course, we have organizations who are running on small budgets. But to have it be a priority to ensure that even if employees don't have the physical tools they have, That they have the support or they have the team development or they have the promise that in X amount of time they will receive those tools. So making sure that employees, again, have what they need in different capacities to keep growing and keep developing and coming up with new ideas. There's so much from the leadership level that goes into designing the environment to actually do that. Equity in perspective is the next one, and this is defined as innovative connections and relationships, the ability to see all people, customers and employees, and take it and build something bigger and more effective. Now we're starting to layer in this equity piece. Again, equity is the oppor- is meaning that everybody has what they need it might not be the same across the board but what we're doing is we're ensuring that each person is risen up to the exact same level to be able to do their job and do it well and then the last piece is sustainability considering the planet and the lasting effects that of the work that will be done that's just a shoe in and what we should all start be, to be focused on is really how do we make sure that our employees are going to be able to raise children in a healthy planet? How do we make sure that our employees aren't exposed to chemicals and different safety concerns and all of those things? So just taking physical care of our people. So I use that example because there are so many ways that you can connect how you're sharing your core values or your vision or your mission to the health and well-being of your employees. And I did that example for you because it just shows you how valuable employee wellness is. When we fizzle all of those different components down, there's something that can point point to the health and well-being of the employees at every single step. So at the end of the day, we can't accomplish any of these at Salesforce if we're not caring for our employees really intentionally. So number two is how do employee, how does employee wellness fit into the strategic plan? So some questions to think about are where does employee happiness, engagement, and health fit in your organizational structure? Is it under HR? Is it under operations? Do you have a completely separate department for wellness? Where does it fit for you? I can tell you that I work with groups where it's everywhere. I work with groups that have a specific wellness department that is not under HR. I work with a lot of groups who fit wellness under HR. I work with groups who don't have HR and actually fit wellness under like finance and operations. That's kind of a one-off situation, but we can make the case for why or why not it could fit under any of those. But something to think about is how you're thinking about wellness and how it aligns with your structure. What is the specific language in the strategic plan that points to employee wellness? If it's not there, how can you integrate it? And I've included some different examples here of measurable goals that could be integrated in your strategic plan. So a big one that I work with groups on is decreasing the cost of employee health care claims. The objective of this would include integrating education on preventive care, supporting nutrition and movement and culture, increasing access to behavior and physical health. It's really about evaluating your health care claims data in understanding which are the preventable pieces, how can we see who might be pre-diabetic or who might be in the rising risk category. And again, most of this data would be aggregate. We legally wouldn't be targeting specific people. But if you have a really high rate of diabetes and pre-diabetes, again, that's where we would start to create these objectives under the goal to say, okay, this is how we're going to tackle it. We need to start working on diabetes management. Uh, we need to provide more benefits and resources for those with diabetes so we can get them out of more critical conditions and get their disease under control. This is a piece where there might be some front-end cost, but what you're going to see in 3, 5, 10, 15 years is less of those really high-dollar claims like, preventable cancers, like heart disease, like chronic heart failure, because what you're doing is you're investing now to keep your healthy and stable population healthy and stable. Another example of a goal that I could see this fitting really well in is increasing employee productivity. And of course, you would get more specific with your population with this goal, But thinking about this through the lens of health and wellness, how to get employees in a better mind space, thinking about a workspace that provides the best opportunity for brain power, collaborative environments, promoting movement breaks, meditation spaces, connection with coworkers, we're finding more and more through research that sitting people in front of a desk for eight to 10 hours a day is actually not more productive than allowing small breaks and motivating employees to really get away from their desk and move their bodies. The evidence is piling up more and more that we need to start thinking of how we actually get our employees to take more breaks. So just something to think about in terms of the lenses that we see these really big goals through and then how we can break them down to see them through a lens of health and wellness. These two pieces are really just the start of how leaders can integrate wellness into the strategy of an organization. I am always really interested in the root of the opportunities. So leaders are where culture starts. It's where everyone else steps into place. And the more leaders we can get aligned with their employees' health and well-being as a focus, the closer we get to a better world. I truly believe that. Thank you all so much for being here. I love you all. I appreciate you all, and I will see you next time. If you want to keep connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at Podcast, and you can also find me on LinkedIn as Melissa Sherry Coaching. I will see you all soon. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on LinkedIn under Melissa Sherry Coaching or on Instagram at workswellpodcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. See you next time.